What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the Housewives of Wales. House Witches, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Real House Witches of South Wales. Real house witches of South Wales. And also oh, it's been a while, isn't it? <laughs> it has, yeah, it has. But also North Wales, because we've got a great guest here today. <laughs> um Wales. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um Mara, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's lovely to be back speaking to you both. Of course, yeah, 100%. It, um, well, I mean, we meant it when you came on the first time, you were like, we want you back. So um, <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so yeah, we always mean it. <laughs> <laughs> we always mean it. Yeah, we're always like, please just give us guests. <laughs> Let's interact with people. Um, so before we go into this um, topic, guys, um, we are talking about um, the Fae, the Fae folk, fairies, etc. This is the topic of this episode. But guys, life keeps getting in the way. And like, it's just been so crazy lately. So um, we recorded an episode ready to go about um zodiac signs that we don't like um and i've been so busy i haven't had a chance to edit it so we've gone three weeks with no podcast i'm shook so um i think what we'll do is we will put this episode out first and then we will follow this episode the week after with our zodiac roast episodes so first things first mara what zodiac signs don't you like Oh gosh, um, I have a very strange relationship with Pisces <laughs> to begin with. Uh, Pisces are a strange one because my best friend is a Pisces, but at the same time, everyone I've ever, ever argued with or gotten into any trouble with has always been a Pisces as well. So Pisces is one that I always, whenever I meet someone who's like, I'm a Pisces, I'm always a bit like, oh, what's going <laughs> to happen? But um, I don't know. I don't know apart from that, apart from Pisces. <laughs> I think yeah. I take more attention of like who I click with. So, well, it's like love or hate. It's like your least favorite is Pisces, but you've got a best friend who's Pisces. So it's like one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. And I don't like Pisces. I- I'm excited the same. Anybody who I've had sort of like fallen outs with or whatever has always got a strong Pisces uh, placement. So, uh, very interesting. Mara, what's your sign? Uh, sun sign is Gemini. Lovely. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I think probably, it's probably the airiness. It's probably that that kind of we're like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Okay. Well, let's talk about this topic then that we're going to talk about. So um we're gonna be talking about the Fae. Um and so first things first is if you go on TikTok and you see stories about the Fae, you will I <laughs> you will go a little bit crazy (laughs) 
because um, the way TikTok talk about fairies and the fae is that you are basically going to die. Um, so we thought we would bring an expert on the fae in, <laughs> in the form of Mara, <laughs> um, to kind of talk to us about what the fae is all about. So, I mean, is there truth in this that the fae are gonna like come into your life and like stab you in the back and slit your throat? Um. Well, I think when it comes to TikTok, they, they work in extremes and like there's no nuance to anything that happens over there, it seems. And it's it's just like I've seen videos on TikTok, like you say, where they talk about them as if they're these murderous things that are just going to destroy your life entirely. But then I've also seen videos that people are like, oh, yes, come invite the fairies in. They're just glittery little beings or love and light and lovely. So it's almost like it's one extreme or the other with them. And I think that's quite dangerous on both sides, because on one side, it's like you don't want to create this demonization of these entities, because, I mean, there's hundreds of years of Christianization of Celtic nations and Celtic law of doing that as it is, of creating these entities into demons and horrible beings. But at the same time, I think it's really important to note that they're not Tinkerbell and they're not, you know, they're not going to just twinkle into your life and make everything sunshine and daisies. They are creatures who have a history and a law surrounding them that is quite tumultuous and all over the place. They have a very complex relationship with humanity. And so I think a lot of care has to be taken when delving into them, and just as with any entity or spirit, really. But yeah, so there is some truth in it. There is, like, you know, a bad side to the Fae and a good side, but they're just like us. They're just like humans. They're, they're not bad or good. They're just creatures that exist in the middle, and we have to be kind of a bit cautious when we approach them. Yeah, so I, I imagine it's just having respect. Absolutely, respect and reverence, but also sometimes distance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Um, Laura, what kind of, when we talk about the fae and fairies and things, what do you think, you know, how do you kind of see them? Well, first of all, in terms of TikTok, um, I end up on uh, the witchy paranormal side of TikTok a lot, as you know, uh, but I haven't come across that side of TikTok yet. So <laughs> that's um, something that I haven't come across yet. Uh, but in terms of um, what I think of, when I think of theories in general, um, I just have this image in my mind that comes up of the Victorian uh, you know, the Victorian fairy tale kind of image, like those fairies, um, I can't remember the name of the person, you might know what I'm talking about, but the, the, the famous hoax, the fairy hoax, the photographs that were, um, you know, that came out in the public that were, you know, proving as a hoax. That's just what I think of that comes in my mind straight away. But the fae, I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't know a lot about them um, and I have very limited knowledge of kind of how to even approach to even honour them or just to respect them or, you know, things like that. But Mara, I guess they're kind of, I mean, from what I gather, they're around us all the time. Is that right? Some of them, yes. So the fairies are, they're a really complex um, archetype to talk about because they have such a rich lore 
that extends throughout all the Celtic nations. And then some people have drawn parallels between fairy lore of the Celtic nations to the lore of nature spirits and uh, other entities and deities and spirits that exist in Europe, as well as like other areas of the world. So they're a really complex type of being. And one of the biggest conversations going on right now among a lot of people who practice with uh, the spirits of the other world or the spirits of this world as well, is this idea of this homogenization, this idea of fairies. There's a lot of people who hate that word, who hate the word fairy, because it, in, it instantly makes you think that they're all one type of being and they're all exactly the same. But if you look at old lore, if you look at Welsh lore specifically, or if you look at other Celtic lore, there's usually other categorizations of fairies. So I always, um, this is just my personal way of describing the fairies. Uh, I always say that there's two types, two kind of main types of fairy, and that is the corporeal and the ethereal. And I separate them into those categories just to make it easier for myself and for the people I'm talking to. Um, so it is more complex than that at the end of the day, but that's how I've kind of made the distinction in my head, the corporeal and the ethereal. And when we talk about the corporeal fairies, they're very, very confusing to a lot of people because they are just like us. They are human in looks and appearances. You can touch them. They're not spiritual entities. They are literally physical entities that exist in front of you. And throughout Welsh folklore, people married these fairies, people mated with them, made children. Um, down in South Wales, another term for fairies used to be bendith amamai, which means the blessings of the mother. So that would imply that uh, there's, there's a lot of kind of theories as to why they're called Benditha-Mamai, but the most commonly accepted theory is that that has to do with the fact that there's a lot of stories from down South Wales where a man has married or mated with a fairy woman and created children. So there's this idea of fairy blood, this idea that like people have maybe a fairy in their, in, in their lineage, in their ancestry. So they have the blessings from their mother because it was usually women that would marry the mortal men. And then, so those are corporeal, they're very much living. Uh, so we have like the Benditha Mamai, the Gurake um, Danovan, the Plantanovan, and the Tulwith Teg. So the Tulwith Teg in history were usually, in historical fairy folklore, were usually um, a humanoid type of being who looked very similar to us. And they lived on an island that was out to sea called Gwerdonai uh, Hion, the Green Meadows of Enchantment. And this island moved around from place to place. And this island would sometimes come up to uh, market towns, seaside market towns, and the fairies would come off the island and visit the market and they would bestow blessings or cursings on humans, depending on how they would interact with them. So the idea of the corporeal fairies, they're very similar to if, if we're watching fantasy and we're watching um, like, you know, full on high fantasy movies, if you think of what a witch is in fantasy, in shows such as Harry Potter, Sabrina, Charmed, the type of people that, you know, they're just normal people, but they seem to have magical paranormal powers. That matches quite closely to the lore associated with fairies, because that's how they were described. They're just human-like, human beings, but they're not human because they have connection to an other world in some way, and they have magical abilities. And then you have the, the, the ethereal fairies, who are the other category, and they are a very diverse group of entities and beings. They're, they're almost uh, spiritual in nature, they're spectral. Sometimes they're even, there's a, a term in Wales called echich, 
and the echich, uh, often if you read in any books, if you look in any dictionary, it'll tell you echich means elves. But also if you, if you read much older texts from the 1700s, 1800s, some people even describe echich as being phantoms or, or ghosts. So it's almost like there's, there's not that much of a difference in Welsh law between ghosts and fairies. And a lot of times people would talk about their house being haunted by echich and by these strange cobblanai and fairies. So those are the ethereal type. They are very much all around us. They exist in a, in a kind of mirror image of our own dimension, which is operating on a different vibrational frequency to us. So we don't always see them, but sometimes we can. They're very liminal entities. They're of this world, but they're also of the other world. So yeah, fairies are very strange. And uh, the lore has kind of been muddled up over time to create this homogenous idea of fairy, which is, as Laura said, very similar to the idea of Victorian fairies. So during the Victorian era, uh, there was this obsession, this romanticization with the natural world. And so um, folklorists and historians mixed and fused the idea of the Celtic fairies with the idea of things such as Greek nymphs and nature spirits, which created this entity that was almost like it had elements of fairy lore within it, but it was also a nature spirit. And now I think people are waking up to the idea that fairies and nature spirits are different things and they're not quite the same. Even though there are parallels between the law and things have changed over time now, they're not exactly the same thing. So yeah, it's a complex and convoluted thing. And even I can't ex explain it fully, even after all the time I've spent looking into it. Well, you explained it amazingly. Um, and I mean, there's so many like questions to I ask. Think about so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Um, so, oh my God, where do I start? So the one thing I want to start on is, um, so you mentioned about, you know, nymphs and then, you know, like um, the spirits of nature and that sort of stuff. So when I've done my limited research on fairies and the fae, that comes up a lot. It's things like honour them outside, you know, in your garden, things like that, create a nice safe place for them. When people are talking about that and they're writing about that and you're reading that from books, are they really then describing these nature spirits instead of the Fae? I think so. I think that's been muddled up a lot um, throughout, especially in the modern witchy world. Uh, a lot of kind of mixing and fusing of different cultures, which is going to happen because we live in a very multicultural world right now. So, of course, back in the day when people talked about fairies, it was within the context of I live in Wales and I know what fairies are in Wales. Whereas nowadays, because we've got the idea of, you know, we've got the trolls from Scandinavia, we've got elves from the Nordic countries, we've got nymphs from Greek mythology, and then we've got the fairies of the Celtic nations, as well as all sorts of other uh, entities, nature spirits, otherworldly creatures that all exist in the same kind of world. And because we're so multicultural, and all these things are mixing and fusing together. They're becoming this one homogenous idea of fairy, which I understand. But also at the same time, there's a lot of um, more modern ideologies being poured into that concept. So like I said, a lot of it comes from the Victorian era where uh, people did write about fairies and did mix in a lot of that folklore. I mean, a lot of what we know about fairies nowadays, how we envision fairies in fantasy and in, um, you know, fantasy novels and things like that and in TV shows comes from writers such as J.M. Barry who wrote Harry, uh, who wrote Peter Pan, not Harry Potter, well, who wrote Peter Pan and a lot of his fairy lore was a mixture of his native Scottish fairy lore with um, what he knew of nature spirits. So he created this entity because if you look at the original story of Peter Pan and how Tinkerbell is described, 
there are elements in Tinkerbell that does match with older Celtic fairy lore. The idea that she's this mischievous creature and that she's so small so that she can only hold one emotion at a time. She literally tries to murder Wendy in the story. And that is very fitting with what the Celts believed about fairies. But then Disney kind of glamorized her and made her more twinkly and sparkly. And then that created this idea of Tinkerbell and the fairies of Neverland, which then incorporated its way into the, the kind of consciousness of the world and now we always look to that image the image of these like gossamer winged beautiful little girls who run around dressed in flower petals and like Laura was saying the Cottingley fairies the the, the case of like the, the little girls who took pictures of the fairies on paper and things we always look to those ideas of what fairies are nowadays yeah. but when I think about nature spirits and fairies I think they're two separate things because fairies although they are very closely associated with the natural world and sometimes they can have an attachment to a specific area or a specific place they're not the spirits of trees they're not the spirits of water those are completely different entities fairies are their own entities in themselves in and of themselves that they're, they're like us in that sense you know we can be deeply connected to nature but we are also our own person and our own entity we're not that tree just because we have a connection to it so though there is overlap between nature spirits and fairies, and they are probably quite connected and interwoven with one another, I think it's important that people realize that there is a difference as well between nature spirits and fairies. But at the same time, because the, the word fairy, fairies in general, as we know it today in the modern world, it matches so closely to what a lot of people believed at were nature spirits. Sometimes when people talk about fairies, especially in the witchy world, in books and stuff to do with witchcraft, and they say connect to fairies, I sometimes translate it in my head to be like, oh, they're talking about nature spirits. So I will just translate it in my head to nature spirits right now. And it still works fine. You know, you can connect to the spirit of a tree. You can connect to the spirit. We call them genius loci in a lot of uh, our modern pagan traditions. Genius loci are spirits that are associated with a specific place or natural element. So for example, the river in my city has a genius loci, has an entity that's associated with it. The tree that I worked with back home in uh, Wales had a genius loci associated with it. And that that's a different topic to me when it comes to fairies versus that, because fairies were not tied to one specific natural element, but they are deeply connected. Some of them are deeply connected to specific natural elements of our world. Amazing. That, that was fascinating. Um, yeah, and like you say, that's something that um, we can dive into on another episode, you know, that sort of idea about nature spirits. Fantastic. Um, so going back to, you know, like the Fae and this sort of, you know, who the Fae are and what they are and that sort of stuff. When people are kind of saying like, oh, I work with the Fae, I honour the Fae, I do whatever with the Fae. Is that possible or are they in, are they connecting with the fate or are they connecting with those nature spirits or is there advice on people going out who want to connect to fate? You know, what kind of happens around that? I think it's entirely possible to connect to the Fae as, as a magical practitioner, as a spiritual practitioner. It's entirely possible, but it is a, a very sketchy area because if we look at the folklore surrounding fairies, any interaction that humans had with fairies, that mortals had with fairies, always ended in quite disastrous ways, almost always anyway. Um, for example, whenever somebody 
married or mated with a fairy to create children they never stuck around to raise the kids really they always ended up leaving and going back to the other world uh, when people accidentally made their way into the world the realm of fairies into the other world uh, they always ended up um, dead at the end of the story or very very hurt or insane so it's, it's a very strange area to to talk about because it's not as straightforward as going out into your garden meditating with your tree and giving offerings to it and that's that you've connected with fairies now it's not that straightforward um but there are you know there are elements of welsh customs and traditions uh, to speak specifically because that's my area of wales there are elements of welsh customs and traditions that you can see that people did have a reverence and a respect for the fairies especially because there were fairies that were said to live in the home so we have the bubachod or the puka which were entities that were said to haunt or reside within a household and they can be helpful or detrimental to you depending on how you treat the house and how you treat them so there are customs and traditions from all over wales where people used to give offerings to the spirits of their house where people gave offerings to the bubachod and the offerings were usually things such as uh, bread cheese milk or alcohol so they really liked alcohol there are stories of puka specifically the puka it's very strange there's the pu the puka and the bubach are kind of very similar entities they're both household spirits but the bubach it's almost like people were very happy to have a bubach in their house because a bubach would help clean the house would help you um get your chores done help cook the food help keep the house warm but the puka would seem to just cause mischief so especially up where i'm from the north there's a lot of um, traditions to keep the puka out because you don't want them in but then you look at more mid wales and south wales and the bubachod are like oh yeah yeah we, we want them but we have to treat them well in order to keep them here so it's a very strange one and there's like also puka although they're household spirits there are also natural areas that are associated with them for example, next to where I grew up, there was a big burial chamber called Barcote de Gaudes, which was an old prehistoric burial mound, tomb. And locally, for a long time, that was referred to as Brin Puka, the hill of the Puka, uh, because it was believed that that's where they lived. And if you went into that hill, because it is basically a hollow hill that you could walk inside of, if you went inside of it, you could actually bring the Puka home with you and you didn't want that. But um, there are so many customs and traditions where people did leave offerings and have reverence for these things. And it was all about respect, but also distance. So you wouldn't stand in your house going, Bubach, come here, I want to work with you. But you would leave offerings out for it and you would make sure that it's comfortable. So one tradition talked about um, cleaning the kitchen entirely every night, uh, putting the stove on, putting the fireplace on to keep the house warm overnight so that the bubach doesn't get cold in the night and then leaving out offerings of uh, freshly made cheese or freshly made milk or anything like that out for them. And then the puka, it was an interesting one because the puka punishes people for not having enough fun. So the puka is like this entity that um, if you weren't having fun in the way that they expect you to, they could cause all sorts of mischief. So for example, they hated priests. And I think that the fact that they hated priests, I think is a, a kind of reference to the fact that the puka existed in Wales before Christianity did. Mm. 
because they hated the priests that came here. They thought priests were too serious, too pompous, too full of themselves, and they didn't have enough fun. They didn't drink alcohol enough. They didn't partake in things that were fun. And so there's so many stories about Pukka um, causing all sorts of chaos to priests and uh, making the house a complete misery for them. So yeah, there are elements of law that tell us about how people connected with fairies. And it is very much a case of reverence and respect, but distance. But then you have to consider, well, we're witches. We're not the normal common folk. We're not the normal ordinary people. You know, normal ordinary people wouldn't work with ghosts or magic or anything of that nature. And so yes, the common people didn't interact much with fairies, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we as witches shouldn't because we are in contact with liminal spaces. You know, we are of this world, but we also interact and work with the other world. We also interact with the realm of the dead, with the realm of the nature spirits. And so to me, ignoring the fairies entirely as a witch, as a practitioner of magic can also be quite dangerous because if you're calling to all these other spirits and entities, but you're basically saying, but not the fairies, I don't want you, I don't want you in this circle with me, I don't want you in this space with me, but I want everything else, all the ghosts, all the spirits, it can be a little like, oh, why are you not respecting and giving reverence to the Tulwith or the Echich who reside in this space? So yeah, I think you can definitely work with them, but it's just finding that way that works and isn't dangerous, because as I said, in old law, there is a lot of elements of horrible things happening to people who did try to interact with the fairies in any way yeah which yeah we don't want um disaster to strike <laughs> Not at all. um no okay well that's that's really great so with that in mind you know how would you go about not not working with them, working with them probably isn't the right word. It's the sense of, like you say, you know, you're calling all the other spirits into your circle and then you're saying, oh no, not the fairies. And the fairies like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so how would you just go about recognizing them, you know, respecting them? Is there things you can do that are safe where you're saying, I don't want to bargain with you here, but I want to know that you're in my mind sort of thing. The main thing is just honouring spaces that are connected to them. So in old Welsh law, we have oak trees. Oak trees are deeply connected to fairies, uh, as well as any deep lakes, any caves, any liminal spaces are very deeply connected to the fairies. So if you're working in a liminal space, if you're working in a cave or on a bridge, or if you're working near a very old oak tree, it's important to take note and realise and recognise that there might be fairies present. And so the main way to do that is to leave offerings for them, to give them something, is to offer something in reverence for them. Um, and then also just acknowledging their existence, acknowledging that they definitely are there. Um, but yeah, working with them is, is a strange one because the main advice I give people when, when they come to me and they say, how do I start working with the Fae? How do I start working with fairies? And my my advice is always seen as very boring. I always say, read folklore, read any old folklore and folk tales, fairy tales, because those will give you all the tools you need. I think people forget sometimes, we go off and we read books written by pagans, written by witches that tell you how to interact with fairies, or we read articles online or magazines that are like how to interact with fairies in day-to-day -day life. And we forget to look at the old folklore that we have surrounding us. And those folkloric tales, those things, they have all the instruction that we might need. They tell us things such as 
um, what time of day they usually are seen, what areas or what places are they connected to, what offerings they like, what kind of food they like, what kind of drinks they like, things like this. And that will give you all the instruction that you need. And it'll also tell you what not to do because it'll tell you, well, this person did this and look what happened to them. So for example, like uh, receiving gifts from the fairies, there's a lot of stories in old folklore about people getting gifts off the fairies after they were kind to them. So uh, specifically, there's one story about three fairies who came into someone's house asking, can we please have shelter from a storm? He said yes to them. And so they gave them, they said to him, we're actually fairies. We tricked you. We're not humans, we're fairies. Oh, now we're gonna give you a gift. And he accepted the gift and he was so happy to receive this gift. And it was a harp. And this harp caused all sorts of chaos. It made people dance until they couldn't stop. It made people dance until they were dead, basically. And um, so yeah, so it's being wary of things like that. You know, people always say, oh, I've received a gift from the other world. That's not necessarily always a good thing, <laughs> taking into consideration things like that. But yes, if, if you want to learn more about fairies, the main piece of advice I would say is read the folklore and read it with an open mind of, like go into reading the folklore with the intention of, I'm going to read this to learn more about how to work with fairies. And you will see so much, there's so much in there, so much instructions in there to um, acknowledging how to work with them in a folklorically accurate sense. Well, I do have a question about um, household, household theories, because when you talk about that, it sounds like a poltergeist. So could this be referred to as a type of poltergeist or a different word for poltergeist? Because that's what you think of, you think of spirit causing trouble in the home. Absolutely. I mean, um, the, the Bobachod and the Pukka, they are often described as being another aspect of Echich, which are the, uh, the spirits, the spectral entities that exist in the landscape. And the, the Bubach and the Pukka are basically the Echich, the elves of the house. But like I said, another word for Echich, another, another translation for the word Echich that you find in a lot of old books about Welsh folklore and stuff is phantom or ghoul or ghost. So there definitely is correlation between this idea of poltergeist and Bubach. Uh, it's just how we have culturally changed our views of things. So in the past, it wasn't really believed that the spirits of our dead ancestors would visit us very often. And if they did, they were there for a very big reason and you should definitely take notice of it. So if things were to go awry, were to go badly in your house, you're more likely to go, it's the Bubach, it's the Pukka, than you are to go, it's a poltergeist. So yeah, I, I wonder sometimes if when people are complaining about having a poltergeist in their home, I sometimes go, are you misidentifying maybe there? Could it actually be that your household spirit isn't happy with you for whatever reason could it be that the spirit of your household wants your attention for something because they can they can be very mischievous they can hide things they can take things away they can move things they can smash things they can do all sorts of horrible things but they can also be very helpful they can help you find things that you've lost they can help you heal from illness they could they can do all sorts of beautiful things if you take care of them and acknowledge them in the way that they require. So I think there definitely is overlap between the law of poltergeist and the law of Bubach because they are at the end of the day a spirit that resides in the house that can cause mischief but can also cause good. Yeah oh, that makes sense. So positive as well as scary poltergeist. <laughs> Embrace the poltergeist basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah yeah I could definitely use um, somebody to help me clean up the house. <laughs> So um, that's that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Well, 
that's fantastic it's just so fascinating so interesting to like hear about and to learn about um and so Mara before we kind of wrap the episode up um last time we spoke you mentioned you've got a book coming but you hadn't kind of revealed the details but now you've revealed the details you've got a date and all that sort of stuff so do you want to kind of let listeners know what's kind of happening about that Absolutely. So I'm being published by Hewellyn Worldwide, and the book is called Welsh Witchcraft, A Guide to the Spirits, Law and Magic of Wales. It's written as a kind of guide to the history of magic and witchcraft in Wales, as well as a guide for the practitioner to use to construct their own magical path that is Welsh in nature. It's my first book, and it's not going to be the last, there's going to be more in future. But um, this book specifically dives into the magical lore and history of Wales, Specifically, there is a whole chapter about fairies, a very big chapter as well. It's one of the biggest chapters in the books, in the book. Um, so it, it's a very big chapter that talks about the law surrounding fairies as well as how to work with them. And there's a few rituals and spells in there to connect with them as well that come directly from my grimoire, as well as directly from Welsh folklore and old magical Welsh practices. It's based on Welsh folk magical practices and historical Welsh witchcraft. So it moves away from the idea of uh, neo-pagan kind of modern witchcraft in a lot of senses so there will be elements in there that a lot of people might find jarring but it's just because it's the historically accurate witchcraft of Wales being implemented into a modern practice so there are things that I think all people will enjoy in the book there are elements that people who are more into Wicca and modern witchcraft will enjoy but there's also elements that people who are more into traditional folk magic will also really really enjoy but overall it's it's basically my gift to the world of like this is everything I've ever learned about Welsh magical lore uh, I had such a hard time finding one book that just talked about all this I had to buy about 17 million books just to figure out what the magical history of Wales was and so I thought it's about time someone wrote one book and I thought why not me <laughs> so yes it, it talks about my personal history with witchcraft but also um, Wales's history with witchcraft and yeah it comes out in February of 2022 but it's available to pre-order right now where most books are sold fantastic amazing and you're 100% right we needed a book like yours because <laughs> yeah there, there just isn't one in one place so um I've already pre-ordered it can't wait for it um and I'm looking forward to it and hopefully I know you'll be busy around release but we'll try if you are free around that we can bring you on and talk about your writing process and all that sort of stuff as well um but yeah fantastic well done congratulations um yeah Great. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for talking to us about um, fairies and the fae. Um, I'm sure it's very useful. Well, it's useful for us, but it's also useful to listeners as well. Um, and it helps clear things up. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. We promise we won't have a three-week or four-week delay of podcast episodes again. We'll be up to date. Um, but yeah, um, speak soon, I guess. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Well, I will follow. Not about you. <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy hand. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>